There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by The Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, CEO and founder, and I am honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through paying it forward and giving back. Ethical business owners and holistic healers who are determined to create collective change in the world. Once we have a change in consciousness and through collective change, we can become one. After enduring an abusive childhood, Jules decided to use her earlier trauma to enter recovery from alcoholism, transform her body as a professional bodybuilder, and wrote a book all about her story to help others. Her book, The Making of a Woman, is an empowering tale of endurance, survival, and the discovery of an authentic existence. Throughout our conversation, it became clear that we had so much in common, and I hope that you also find that same connection. Welcome, Jules, to The Ethical Evolution. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes, I'm super excited to meet you today. And um, for those who don't know you or haven't heard of you, you have an incredible story. Can you tell us who you are and and your background? Uh, Just a quick snapshot, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my name is Jules and I am definitely a survivor, a thriver, a resilient woman. Um, I started off uh, this journey in a pretty toxic upbringing and uh, brought that through to my adolescence and through uh, probably young adulthood as I fell deeper and deeper into the disease of alcoholism. And uh, fast forward, I got sober when I turned 35 And that was 14 years ago, and my life has completely changed. So how's that for a snapshot? (laughs) Yes, and, and, you know, you say you you are a survivor and and you do thrive. My goodness, you know, where you've come from to where you are now, um, for those who who can't see or or, or actually uh, understand your background, you're actually a professional bodybuilder as well now, aren't you? (laughs) And that all started with the body dysmorphia I had. yeah. That's where it was. I just, I didn't like my thighs. <laughs> and and I'm, I mean, that's where that journey began. I mean, I have learned at this stage of the game, like my source, my universe will use whatever it takes to get me to where I need to be. Yep. So if that means I wasn't comfortable with that particular part of my body. All right, then we'll go with that, Jules. And then now we're going to, you know, where I'm at today. So. Yeah. And yeah, it's absolutely impressive. I know, um, you know, I talk a lot about, um, you know, recovery and addiction um, on this show, but, um, you know, to, to come through not just addiction, but also abuse. Um, how, what was the breaking point for you? The breaking point of getting sober? Yeah. Uh, you know, some people say they hit a bottom. I think I bounced on that bottom probably three different times. I see that now that I was just very strong. That's why I kept getting up and getting up and getting up. But here's part of, here's part of my miracle is that I was, I was in, um, 
I was in a relationship in Texas and um, I, the, the woman I was dating was working. And so I was with a couple of her friends and we were in the backseat of like a, a kind of like an SUV. And I remember just nonchalantly saying, gosh, I wish I didn't drink so much. Mm. And their little ears in the front seat, like went up like antennas. And it was just like these questions started coming and, and it was probably a 30 minute window when next thing I know we're sitting in the rooms of recovery. Mm. So I don't know if I was the one who made that choice. I don't know if, because I didn't even, I didn't even realize that drinking was a problem Mm. because this was my solution. Mm. Drugs and alcohol were my solution to not take that away. Mm. So I didn't even, I was oblivious to it, which tells me about the disease. It's cunning and baffling. Yeah. And, you know, one of those things to turning it around is is actually wanting to as well, isn't it? You know, you've got to have that desire to actually let go of it. I think, you know, I have seen over the years People get sober for family or children or hell, even the court systems, Mm. right? We call it a nudge from the judge. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I think it is the gift of desperation Mm. is another one of our slogans. And it is, it has to be. And once I stepped foot into or on the other side, like into recovery, there was absolutely no way I was going to go back. Mm. I will do whatever you tell me to do. do. I don't ever want to go back to that dark space ever again. Mm. And I haven't, I haven't ever felt the need to, to numb myself since that day. Yeah. And would you say, you know, with um, the bodybuilding that you do now, um, that it fills that void for you? Ah, that's an interesting question. Because as I've gone along telling my stories, I get people's um, common questions. Um, And this is one of them. I also had this rephrased as, well, did you hate your body before? And now you're, you know, I'm beating it up, we'll Mm. say in the gym. Um, I don't have that level of, of anger and hate in me. I see my body as this beautiful sculpted structure. I've always been drawn to the art of the human body. And so for me to actually, over a process of months and years, be able to sculpt this to my liking at my age, this, this is my masterpiece. So I don't, I don't think it has any negative tone to it at all. No, absolutely not. So uh, you've got your book coming out as well. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I think it was back in college when I was taking a, a woman's studies class. And, of course, it's like you just kind of sit down and this is just you're talking with the girls. And, and the topic of this particular class was how girls fall into the cracks of the educational system. Oh my gosh. Well, that, that was my, that was my memoir right there. Right? Mm. So I met women in there who continued along the journey with me and, and it pretty much um, I, as people I would talk with and share bits and pieces of my journey with them would say, you oh my God, you've got to write a book. And I just thought it was kind of cliche, like, yeah, okay. Um, and then uh, I think 
my, my husband and I sail, we have a sailboat and being on the ocean is the most magnificent healing space in the whole world. And that is when I started to put together my timeline. I had a lot of blackouts, uh, a lot of spots within that timeline that I couldn't put two and two together. Um, and so this happened probably about an 18 month window. And then at the beginning of January, things came together and I then started to put put this into action. So we've really only been working on it, we'll say, since January. And uh, so it's coming out September, right? Um, she will launch. Right now she's in pre-sales. Right. Okay. And I say she because she is an entity of her own. Like I saw this baby almost birthed. It was like <laughs> in the making. Um, so yes, right now on Amazon, she's available for pre-sales. And then it will officially launch October 5th. And But we're having a launch party, both in person and virtual. So if you check out my website, you'll see kind of how that works. But if you do a pre-sale, you can be invited to um, the launch party. And then there's going to be giveaways and signing of books and all of that other fun stuff. That's very cool. And uh, if people are interested in the book, it's called The Making of a Woman. Yes. Yes. Now, um, I actually checked out uh, your little uh, YouTube promo that you have, and I must say, by the end of it, I was quite moved. Um, mm. In telling your story, how is it impacting other women? You know, the first thing you think of is women like me, mm. right? It's, I'm, I'm connecting with women like me and similar stories. The magnificent thing about this is that I'm also noticing it is affecting women who are mothers, mm. who have daughters like me. What do I tell them when this is happening? Do I support them? Do I not? You know, um, I, I believe that everybody has the outside story, right? That we can write the storybook and the timeline. But what connect us all together, that similarity, are the feelings. We know what desperation feels like. We know what terror feels like joy, excitement, insecurities. My book is raw in that area mm. because that's, that's all I had at that time. You know, that's, that's what navigated me. So I find that when I'm sharing it at that level, my story, I'm, I'm able to draw in both men and women actually. Mm. And that must be really rewarding for you to, to, to be where you are now and to overcome all the obstacles that you have. And then to share that story and then, you know, change, change other people's lives as well. Yeah, I, I never realized the impact my presence is. You know, we just think we pass people, you know, day to day. But, you know, you'd asked me before the show, like, how is it? You know, what, what can we do now to make this better? How can we make life better? And it was like, we are already doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the when you when I'm in the elevator and there's a lady who is just a hot mess and she, you know, having a hard day. It's me just looking at her and giving her a smile. Mm. I mean, there's so many ways that we can connect. And I think that we just blow right past them today. Yeah, that's so true. And I've had people say to me, do you realize the impact you make? And I was like, me, come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and then people say it to me like, okay, yeah, no, yeah. actually you're right. Um, and I think yeah. if we can have that self-awareness that we can actually, you know, change people's day, 
like that's that's incredible, absolutely incredible when you recognize that and actually harness that to help other people. And to realize how powerful that really is. It's a complete game changer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's powerful. Now, I mean, no doubt you've been through, you know, hell and back and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of challenges. What do you reckon has been your toughest challenge and how have you overcome it? I think my toughest, we'll say most challenging um, area in my life is when I started getting sober and I was told that everything had to change, people, places, and things. Mm. And I had nothing to fall back on. I, I I was at the bottom. And to look back now, I appreciate the strength I had because I'm almost like, as I review it now, it makes me almost even more uncomfortable to see the shoes that I was actually in at the time. But that was extremely challenging because I had to. I had to change the person I was dating. I had to change the place that I lived. I had to change the restaurants I went to because I would only go to a restaurant that would serve alcohol. Mm. Hello, why would I go somewhere else? So these sorts of things, it's just like, it, it seemed like everywhere I turned, there was something that had to be changed. And that was the outside parts. I mean, I was, I had all of this inside still going on. Mm. So that was a really big, that's probably the most thing I'm most proud of today is the work I've done to walk through that. And it's not pretty. I'll put that out there. (laughs) Getting sober does not supposed to be pretty, I don't think. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you say that because, and I'm all about divine timing, right? I um, I saw a quote this morning from um, author Mark Manson um, about how um, growth takes loss and how, you know, you you need to lose something to, to grow. And that's exactly what you've just explained right there. I, I completely agree. Mm. And, and that also tells me, like, the people who are in my life, if I keep the toxic ones, there's, there's, I, they have to go. I have mm. to lose something in order for something better to come in. Mm. And that's something I had, to, I had to become mindful of. I had to learn that that was even a concept. Mm. Now, um, one thing I've seen um, you do in, in a lot of your promo stuff is you, you do question whether what you do is ethical, which is really interesting that we're talking today. So I'm curious to ask you, can you define what being ethical means to you? You know, ethical is, for me, is that doing the right thing. I believe that we we come into this lifetime, and I think that no matter where you're at in the world, the cultures you're in, I think at a deep level, you know if it's right or wrong, mm. Right. And I particularly live in a very conservative area. So there's a big contrast there. Mm. Now, you're coming to us from Dallas, right? If anybody's actually wondering where you are, you're in, in Dallas in the States. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Right in the heart. Yes. Yeah. So um, you've got the, the book launch coming up. Um, yeah. What are your plans beyond that? You know, as you're saying, divine, divine timing. Um, I have already found 
just in the process of where I'm at right now, things are starting to open up along the way. It's almost like source gives me a gift of somebody and a gift of this and that. So I, I do feel that uh, on a broader scope, I definitely want to do some, some speaking, some guest speaking engagements so I can, you know, be able to relate with larger groups. Um, Something else that I've noticed has come up is within the open, uh, open lifestyle open relationships, that that little genre has a lot of areas that are very much in the shadows, that um, there's a lot of questions sometimes of what's navigating um, certain things. And I'm finding that that was definitely an area I'd already already have walked through Mm -hmm. and probably still walking through, but to be able to go in and, and talk with those those ladies, you know, what is the motive? You know, why exactly are you, you know, doing ABC? Mm. So, and, but that's still, it's still unfolding. So it's pretty, pretty exciting. I think I also see an audio book in your future. Oh, you know how many times I've been told that? <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> now, if um, people want to find out more about you, Jules, where can they go uh, to do just that? Of course, my website, themakingofawoman.com. And on there, you will find all of the links to the various social medias. Um, I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the whole nine yards. In fact, I've even started TikTok, so (laughs) go easy with me. I'm totally new at that. (laughs) But that's where you can find find me. Bless anyone who's got the patience for TikTok, can I just say. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I've got the last big question for you, Jules. What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? Uh, and again, I think we're already equipped with it. That's the exciting part. And it's not outside of us. Mm. I found, and again, from my experience, I have found that when something flares up in front of me that I'm ready to react, respond, whatever, my best tool is to pause. Mm. Like let's, let's everybody just like take a deep breath, right? If, if we were able to teach children how to sit in stillness, we could, you know, to, to teach them what's going on inside and why, why do I get upset when this happens? Or, you know, like, oh my gosh, I I think I, I have a, you know, a side ache. I mean, we are so detached from source within our bodies and I have found a great level of peace by being in that stillness, by being in conscious contact with the source that lives within me. And I mean, I've done meditations <laughs> in the gym parking lot. <laughs> I mean, I will stop and drop at any given point <laughs> to take a couple of breaths. I don't care. You know? <laughs> and trust me, they probably, they don't even know that this is a gift to them. <laughs> so that would probably be it, you know, just just that ability to just pause, mm. just pause. Yeah, and we were just talking about meditations off air before we before we started. And, yeah, imagine if they actually made that a part of curriculum, you know, actually you know, put a bit of meditation into the day, mm-hmm. um, how chill kids would be, <laughs> you know? Like yes. we probably wouldn't have these things like ADHD and all these kind of things going on. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also that self-awareness, you know, like – and that connection with yourself, like I, I find often that people don't even, 
they're not even able to explain what they're feeling because they're so disconnected from themselves that they don't even know what their emotions are or how to explain them. So, and I think so much has been programmed from the outside world. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Like, how can we have? I've been told that every human is an individual, right? With sources, passion. Everybody has a dharma. You know, the reason why we're here. How is it possible that we have so many cookie cutters? Mm. How how is it possible if that if that is the truth? And so it makes sense that I don't know what I'm feeling. What are you feeling? Then I'll feel it too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's so true in so many areas of life, you know. Um, you know, even when it comes to recovery and, and addiction, everybody's story is different and their recovery mm-hmm. is different. So everything has to be tailored to you. You're you're a unique human, you know? Exactly. So, exactly. We fight that. I think growing yeah. up I fought that because I wanted to fit in. Yeah. Because that meant love, mm. that meant connection, that meant unity. But it, it was against the grain. All of that totally conditioning has so much to answer for, doesn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you know how much that's all the unlearning yeah. I think I did during recovery was like, what? This, what do you mean the sky's not green? <laughs> you know, it's like I gotta unlearn that, everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if we can do anything um through this show, let's try and uh, see if people can learn those lessons or unlearn them a little bit earlier than we did. <laughs> uh, amen. <laughs> yes. Now, Jules, uh, I can't thank you enough for being a part of the Ethical Evolution. You've been an absolute joy. This has been fantastic. I am so grateful that I had the chance to sit down and chat with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.